When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Welcome into episode 10, the landmark episode of UAP, the Unidentified Alien Podcast. Stephen Diener over here. Karen Curtis there. How are you, Karen? I'm well. You know, I'm hearing UAP all the time now. Ever, you know, we were trying to decide what to name the podcast, and you came up with this UAP idea because that's the new name for UFOs. Right. And I'm hearing it all over the place now. It is funny, isn't it, how that uh, kind of works out? I guess we made a good choice, didn't we? Yes, you did. So very that's good. good. Very smart. I think I want to correct myself. I think last week I said the wheel was invented in 400 B.C.? Yeah, I think we said that. And that that's wrong. That's all right, though. We'll, we missed a zero. It happens. It 4,000. <laughs> but how do 4, they know when crap was invented? Uh, you know, carbon I, dating with things they find. Who knows? Well, I just have to say that Google says the wheel was invented in 4th century B.C., but that's 400 B.C. But Wikipedia says it was invented in 4,500 B.C. I think Wikipedia is right and Google is wrong. So it's not my fault. But that's the question. One of the questions we're going to talk about today in our special part two of Ancient Aliens, our, our Ancient Alien series that we started last time in episode nine, when we talked about all of the different things that we did in episode nine. And now here we are in episode 10, which again is our landmark episode. And we thought, well, why not? By the way, ten anniversary, 10th anniversary is 10. <clears throat> Oh, how about that? Which yeah. is also interesting because maybe tin was used in some of these structures. But so we thought, why not in a landmark type of episode, let's do like a special two-part series. So today is part two of our Ancient Alien series, and then we'll move on from there to greener pastures. But there's so much to cover that we didn't get to cover in part one, which is why we wanted to split it up. So I think that everything we're talking about from last week's episode to this one it's a roadmap left by aliens for us to understand technology and to understand things that we need to create or to make happen in order for us to evolve. It could be. I mean, you know, that's that's one of the one of the theories. And if you're ignoring these things, then you're an idiot because everything is there for you to go. Oh. Pretty much. I mean, it's hard to explain different hieroglyphics and, you know, and and sculptures and carvings that depict what look like beings that are not human or different uh, vehicles that don't look like something from ancient Egypt. Let me put it that way. 
that people look like astronauts in these hieroglyphs. Then you've got stones placed in such a way that we could never even engineer it today. Right. Yeah, pretty and much. You need to go. You need to start questioning this stuff, like the pyramids. At, at least question it. So is I think we have what pyramids on in Giza on um, deck today. Yeah, they were built for religious purposes. Stephen. Sure. The Egyptians were one of the first civilizations to believe in the afterlife. Okay. This is so interesting. They believed that we all had a second self Mm -hmm. called the Ka. Right. That lives within each one of us. And when your physical body dies, the Ka enjoys eternal life. So that's why they put all the stuff in their tombs so that when their Ka goes out, it's got a chariot like King Tut's tomb. Right. You get all kinds of stuff. So that was their idea of a soul, essentially. Correct. And which, you know, it is interesting to look back on this. When you when you start to look at the ancient alien type of um, theories and history, if you will, you do find some interesting things about, you know, ancient Egypt and whatever it might be. They're like, oh, I didn't know that was going on. Yeah, well, now they're all brown, the, the pyramids. But mm-hmm. at one time, they do believe, you know, they, they match the Libyan desert. Do you know there's something called Libyan desert glass? Interesting, no. It's um, actually the... The breastplate of King Tut had a desert glass scarab carved on it, mm. and it's made out of desert glasses. When the lightning strikes, the sand turns the desert to glass. Right, that's true. Remember George yes, Bush said that. Right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, so back in their heyday, they think that the pyramids sparkled because huh. they think they were encased in highly polished white limestone. And when the sun hit them, they shimmered. And then they were supposed to have a, a gold cap at the top right right all that's gone yeah that's so all that's gone so it makes you wonder again you know the really the ancient question is how were these things done and why were they done maybe because we've been asking for centuries how are these why would you build these things right well they said the massive pyramid was built for the pharaoh khufu which i think would be a great cat's name khufu that is a good cat name yeah, Khufu. And it was finished around 2560 BCE, which would be before Common Era, not before Christ, because they have to just erase Christ from everything. Yeah, pretty much. But he's the big guy. <laughs> and, and it's the only marvel of the original seven wonders of the ancient world that's still intact. No Colossus of Rhodes? No. What happened? <laughs> the Gardens of Babylon? Those are gone? What's going on here? I know. So it's... Now, I will throw a theory out for you here, Karen. and I'm just going to throw it out there. You can throw it right back at me. I'm going to. Yes, you probably will. I have heard different theories that the pyramids were not built for religious reasons, that they were actually built as structures from the help of alien civilizations using anti-gravity technology as either monuments toward themselves or using alien technology for the purposes of building a power plant. So I have heard different theories that are very interesting, and I know you have some um, proof here, if you will, or at least some things to think about as to how these might have been power plants because they have found different caverns and different hollow parts by doing x-rays. New chambers have been discovered. Yes, these new chambers that would make you think, well, are these chambers for the dead or were these giant chambers filled with water at one point that they were using? Yes, because there's so much water in the Libyan desert. Listen, when you have aliens helping you out, the possibilities are endless, Karen, okay? I said I was going to throw this out, okay? You can throw right back at me if you want. I'm just telling you what I've heard. Is that these were once used, the pyramids were once used as power plants, which would explain the gold at the top. 
Oh, yes. Very highly conductive. And the hieroglyph of the light bulb. Yes. Inside. That's right. So it just it makes you wonder what were really the purposes when you really think about, too, how these the pyramids, it's a known fact, are lined up with Orion's belt with yeah. the three stars that are visible to us today. And, and actually, tw- then. the way they were back then in 2500 B.C. Exactly. It's actually coordinates with that sky. Exactly. Uh, so the new chambers were discovered in the Great Pyramid recently, and it's inspiring, passionate debate between Stephen and myself. Yes. Not to mention new conspiracy theories, and of course you think the pyramids were power plants. It's, it's just saying, it's a possibility. That's so, why we do the show, Karen. But the Russians, you and the Russians are together oh, no. on this, because oh, they created a model of the pyramid to measure its electromagnetic response. So they created a smaller version, okay? Right. And it was used to see how wave energy is scattered or absorbed by the pyramid, and the group tested the interactions with waves of resonant length, ranging from 200M to 600M. Okay. What is M? I don't know, but it sounds like it, sounds like it means I'm right. It's my God. And the pyramid's ability to concentrate energy can be recreated on this nanoscale, mm. and the researchers say that the same science could be used to create more efficient sensors and solar cells. Right. So in Earth conditions, this could be used for controlling the radio wave propagation and reflection. Some believe the giant pyramid of Giza was actually a large acoustical device. Uh Uh-huh. A great echo chamber. So either way, something that was being used, in my book anyway, by aliens, alien technology being used to create this for a purpose that they wanted us to use it for. Yeah, by its size and dimensions, this crystal edifice created a harmonic resonance with the Earth and converted the Earth's vibrational energies to microwave radiation. Aha. So you're talking about Tesla before Tesla. Yeah. These were things that he came up with. Yeah. Well, I that's mean, according to the Russians. That's according to the Russians. But, the, you know, there's a papyrus that was discovered recently in Wadi al-Jarf. Of course, it was in Wadi. Of course. Uh, It's the oldest papyrus discovered, and it contains within it lines stressing that the pyramid was just a tomb for the king Mm. and is the only papyrus that talks about building the pyramid, about King Khufu, about managing the pyramid, and about transporting stones by boat from the Nile to the pyramid. Mm. By the way, there's many argue from Harvard that the Jews weren't slaves, but I don't know. Really? If these pyramids... Yeah. Oh. If these pyramids were power plants, then where is the text that supports it, Stephen? Maybe it's lost. And if it was built as a power plant, where was the king buried? Well, it was. It could have been both, right? I mean, why not? Maybe he went up into the sky. Yes, through the gold. Through the gold. <laughs> I don't know. Look, I'm, I'm not saying that these were actually power plants. That the pyramids were actually plants. It's just it's it's an interesting um, thought. It's it's it really kind of intriguing thing to think about where if these were just tombs if that's if that's all these were then these are pretty grand tombs i mean and, and you talk about you know build, taking these stones down the nile on boats look maybe maybe these were built by human hands and no alien help no anti-gravity technology no electricity nothing like that and these were just tombs built out of good old ingenuity and hard work it could be but it could also be the other way but they're so precise and right. you know they what they're the north south east west I mean they're perfectly placed and some people say that the pyramids preserve technology and also the technology that belongs to the lost continent of Atlantis 
or mm. were built by aliens who landed from space. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now, there's another, speaking of that, Karen, there's another theory about the Sphinx. So I don't know if you've ever heard this since we're on the subject of ancient Egypt. And I have one more theory with ancient Egypt, too, before we move on, because it's not all going to be about Egypt. So don't no, the, worry. the Sphinx is actually part of the pyramid complex. The complex. So there has been long speculation that there are relics from Atlantis buried under the Sphinx. Yeah. Specifically under one of the front paws of the Sphinx. And there's actually been x-rays done of that area and there are caverns under there. There are, I guess you say chambers and no one knows what's inside huh. because the Egyptian government will not let anybody dig under those uh, things. Boy. It's and, sacred ground. I mean, so. And we've never found Atlantis, right? Well, there's different theories, but not officially, no. So again, is there some type of ancient technology buried under the Sphinx that we don't know about? Are those legends true? Will it point toward Atlantis? Will it point toward how these pyramids were built or some type of other ancient alien civilization? But the fact of the matter is there is, whatever it means, I don't know. It could just be an empty hole in the ground, but there is a chamber under the Sphinx, under the paws of the Sphinx. And also talk about Akhenaten. And yes. Nefertiti because they're the most mysterious. And she was like the most powerful woman in ancient Egypt. Right. And she was alongside the pharaoh Akhenaten. This was from 1353 to 1336 BC. And he actually took them to monotheism. That's right. So that's what find, I've always found them fascinating because you go from, kind of like with Constantine. So if you go back to ancient Rome, Constantine in the 300s AC was the first you know, Roman emperor to say we're moving away from paganism, from, you know, the, the Roman gods, if you will, to Christianity. He saw a cross in the sky. Right. So that was... During a war and they won. So that's, you know, that's the old story behind it. The legend of he saw the cross in the sky, he was converted. Now other skeptics would say he just saw the way things were going, that Christianity was becoming more popular. So he decided based off of politics to make Christianity... He the religion, but he also selected the books of the Bible. He took all the powerful women out and made us look like hookers. So they say. Yeah. So, but we don't know. But what we do know is that, like Constantine, when he did that in 300, it was a big thing, or 325. And in he that established area. the calendar around Jesus' birth. Right. So a lot changed in, during Constantine's reign with Constantinople and things like that that you hear about, which I believe is modern day Turkey, if I'm not mistaken. But I've been there, by the way. Have you? I've been to, I was in Croatia and Bosnia Herzegovina right as it split. Really? And it became, Croatia became its own country. Right. I got stuck inside the country. Oh, my. But that's a whole thing. But I crossed over into Turkey to meet this woman, Mara, who lived in a, like a stone hut. Wow. With no electricity. So you look at the ruins, some of these things in Turkey and in, you know, in Iraq, in the cradle of civilization, right, right. they were so much further ahead than in 1994, what Mara was living in with her beeswax candles and it just and it, her schlivovitz is what they made from the grape skins. Huh. It's like this clear alcohol. Wow. I mean, it was very, very rudimentary and 
like I went back in time. So why were they going backwards? Is the question? You yeah, know, things like that. And I don't get it. And how did they have the technology it that was they such had? A hard life. My goodness. So my point being with Constantine, not to not to go off track here. I did. I'm was, sorry. No, no, no. It was to point out the how rare that is. How much of a big deal that is when an emperor or a king or a pharaoh moves away from one system to it another. Is, yes. So that's what Akhenaten did. Where you went, you move away from the Egyptian gods of, you know, Osiris and Ra and all these different gods where Well, unless now, you're Henry VIII because he just wanted to get a divorce. Well, so that's he right. just like the, hey, the Church of England. Yes. And that's basically why he did what he did. But, you know, that's that's a different story. But so you have Akhenaten who says, no, we're just going to a system of monotheism where it's the sun god. Right. And that's where they started worshiping. And the thing that made this interesting to me, and has always, I've always find it kind of fascinating with, with Akhenaten, is when you look at pictures of him, and we'll have different pictures of Akhenaten on, on our UAP blog that you can check out um, to see what we're talking about. He looks different than anybody else. Well, maybe that could be some type of ancient alien. So when you're right. thinking about that... He had and a you big look, head, right? A very big, elongated head, elongated jaw, just very big, outstanding facial features that... And those almondy eyes. Right. These facial features that you didn't see before in ancient Egyptian, um, I guess you could say depictions, or anything that we see now. Now you have different cultures, you know, in uh, places in South America or in Africa who would use the, the planks on the side of babies' heads to elongate their heads. Or they wrap it. Or they wrap it, things like that. So we see that in cultures now around the world, but you weren't seeing it until Akhenaten. So... Where did they get that from? And there's even pictures of them and their baby, who, have, forgive me, I don't know who that grew up to be, but of the baby with the head elongated. So the theory is, is that Akhenaten went to monotheism because he wanted to worship the sun god, which was essentially the alien god that, um, you know, that he knew and introduced that system into uh, ancient Egyptian culture. By the way, 17 years she spent on the throne. Then Akhenaten died of causes unknown. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I rhymed. That did rhyme. How about that? So, by the way, the Anunnaki. Yes. Um, they're a bunch of deities of the ancient Sumerians, and they are believed to be the offspring of An and Kai. Right. But the Anunnaki, right, are a whole different story where... Did you know? Did did Akhenaten come from the Anunnaki? That you're talking about a whole separate alien civilization that was living in Egypt because it was at the same time. Yeah, twenty three fifty to twenty one fifty. You know, did they have a hand in the building of the pyramids? So these are all questions that are so mysterious and probably will never be found out. Quite honestly, that we're going to be theorizing about forever. What did the Anunnaki, this this possible alien civilization, have a hand in the pyramids? This was Akhenaten. You know, what did he learn from them? And who were they? Yeah, they, were they were actually before aliens? him because then he was uh, on the throne right. uh, in 1349. So did he, you know, was he descended from them, so they say? And so there's just so many questions, Karen, of these ancient civilizations that are very fascinating because it makes you wonder. You know, you have all these names and all these depictions and records and in sculptures and things like that. And the sculptures don't lie. Well, the, the oldest of the Anunnaki was... Enil? Enlil. Fair enough. Close enough. The god of air and the chief (laughs) god of the Sumerian pantheon. The Sumerians believed that until Enlil was born, heaven and earth were inseparable. Hmm. So, you know, what was was changing their belief system? Because you think about it, just go back into sort of modern times. Go back 2,000 years. What changed the belief system of Jews and pagans? 
It was Jesus, right? Jesus comes yes. to earth. You start Christianity. That changes a belief system. So what was changing? It had to be something tangible. It had to be something significant for them to change a belief system in ancient Egypt. What was going on? Right. True. I mean, there's no nobody comes close to all the information in terms of text and written down history than Jesus. Right. Um, Sumerians believe that until Anil was born, uh, you had the heaven and earth inseparable and that he left heaven and earth in two and carried away the earth while his father on carried away the sky. So he was sent to earth to search for life-saving gold, which is what we've been talking about. And these ancient astronauts from the planet Niburu... Oh, yes, I've heard of that, Created the first humans as slaves Mm -hmm. to mine the gold. So that's, you know, one of those ancient alien uh, theories. Now, again, that kind of goes in when you start talking about creating the first humans. Now you're talking about what, which one is true. Are you talking about... The missing link. Well, I mean, are we talking about, are the Anunnaki God, you know, Uh, and we start getting into some muddy waters, you know, if... We have God created humans, and how are they on and not creating humans? So there's a lot of muddy waters there that I'm not trying to dip my toe into right now. But it, it's it's being a the good theory. Christian that you are. Yes, that's right. I try. But did you know that uh, ancient sites like Easter Island, Nazca, um, all kinds of the pyramids of Giza, they all line in a single great circle. That's true. They're all on the same ley lines, which ley lines are these different. Lines that lay, you know, basically... That, and it's lay, L-E-Y. Right, that go um, around the entire Earth, and they have special magnetic properties to them. Yeah, apparently the Great Pyramid, Stonehenge, the Stoneheads at Easter Island, mm-hmm. the Sun and Moon Pyramids in Mexico... right. All ancient mystical sites, churches, temples, henges. No one knows what a heck a henge is. <laughs> uh, also, I just love the churches in um, Africa that are buried under the ground. Mm. The... Um, what are they called? I mean, I know there's a bunch of them over there. I forget the names. Lollibella. Ah, yes. Okay. Lollibella. In Africa. Right. Have you been there? No. <laughs> That's all right, though. Uh, but um, you have all these different uh, Burial sites. sites all around. They're on the ley lines. And in fact, right. 4,000 sites of historical and spiritual significance are found on the grid. I mean, come on. The Irish call them <laughs> fairy paths. Oh. Germans call them holy lines. Greece called them the sacred roads of Hermes. Hermes, yeah. Hermes. And the Chinese call them dragon currents. So you have all of these, and this is what I've always found fascinating too, Karen, is you have all of these different cultures. I mean, look at all the cultures you need. The Greeks, the Germans, the Irish, the Chinese. And they all all believe. And they all knew about the ley lines, and they all had different names for them, and different uses for them, but they all believed and knew that there were certain spots on the earth that had special properties. And all at the same time, people are building these pyramids. They're building structures that are similar to other structures on the complete opposite side of the world that are also on a ley line. It's mystifying. How How do do you know? How do you have Easter Island, which is, I mean, on the other side of the earth. And it's an island. And it's an island away from ancient Egypt. And you're building these giant stone structures that line up with each other. Yeah. Not to mention Stonehenge and all the other 4,000 sites that we talked about. And they all line up perfectly in this in this geometric circle on all these different ley lines. And they're all connected. How and why is yeah. that happening? What did they know that we have decided to ignore, ignore or just not find out for ourselves? And the Nazca lines, it's a group of very large geoglyphs. They're made in the soil in the Nazca Desert in Peru. 
And so they were created like at 500 B.C. to 500 A.D. Mm. And the people just scraped away the surface soil on the desert floor. And apparently the soil underneath it's lighter. So oh. when they removed the pebbles, they left this color, different colored earth exposed. And it's still there to this day. If you fly over, you see all kinds of things. There's like 80 to 100. Actually, after 2020, they found 80 to 100 new things. But they, wow. there's so many different types of things. Like um, there's spiders. Yes. And my personal favorite is the giant ant. The gi- <laughs> ant man. Yes. There's trees, flowers. A monkey, a lizard, a dog, a cat, a fish, a condor, a heron, right? A human, yes. Uh, trees, flowers. I said, uh, it's just incredible. There is one, and it's kind of weird. I don't know. You be the judge, and we'll put it up there with the picture of uh, Akhenaten, so you can see what we're talking about. How his facial features were much different than everybody else. And another thing you can see on the UAP blog in eight fifty. I'm sorry, wasn't yeah. he really tall? He was very tall too. That's right. It's a good point. On 850WFTL.com, I don't think I mentioned, I just said UAP blog earlier, I didn't say where to go. 850WFTL.com, that might help where you can see the UAP blog. You could also Google search UAP blog and it should come up. Yes, we know how reliable Google is with when the wheel was created. But 850WFTL.com, and you can see these pictures of the Nazca lines too that we're talking about if you're not familiar with them. And one of the more intriguing ones to me, it kind of looks like a spaceman. Yes. I mean... You be the judge, but well, the the Hopi Indians did the same thing, right? On, in you know what Phoenix or wherever on a side of a mountain, they That's do right. something that looks just like the Nazca guy. There are caves. If you want to talk about more ancient alien things, there are caves because believe it or not, folks, there was an America before we came here. You know, in the fourteen hundreds, fifteen hundreds. 1600s as the first settlers started coming in Jamestown. Yeah, that we know of. Yes. There was an America before them, believe it or not. And we did have Native Americans who were here for thousands of years. Yes. And one thing that has been found that... Especially the Seminoles here in Florida. Right. One thing that has been found that the Grand Canyon that no one is allowed to go into for one reason or another, there's different caves inside the Grand Canyon (sighs) that have these depictions inside the caves Pointing back to ancient ancient civilizations, and just like in Egypt, very strange carvings of figures that are unexplained. I'll bet there's scrolls in there, too. Yeah, maybe. Uh, what's really interesting about the Nazca lines is um, that they run straight across the landscape. So you've got the, the figurative designs of animals and plants, but then you've got these straight lines. And then you also have, like, a plateau where something could land. Right, and all this stuff can only be seen from above. Yes, I was just and about to say And at the time, that, yes. we didn't have <laughs> any capability. So why are they building this thing that big? So you have to think in terms of now. When we make something now, you're making it because you're, you're basing it off of knowledge that you either have now or you're making it based off of a necessity that you know, okay, we need to build this invention. Necessity is the mother of all invention, right? Right. So why were they, if they're thinking that same way back during the, the Nazca lines... Why were they building these, these, or I should say sculpting these things in the sand that could only be seen from the air? Yeah, you look at it on the ground and you can't tell. How would they know that you can even go up in the hey, air? Well, the combined length of all the lines is over 1,300 kilometers. I mean, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so if they're building something that you can only see from the sky, there has to be a reason why they were building it, or I should say structuring it in a way that you could see it from the sky. Who and did they want to show it to? They vary in complexity. It's like a crop circle. 
also yeah. from the ground you just see some crushed some you, grass crops. you know crops yeah <laughs> but uh these varied in complexity there's hundreds are simple lines geometric shapes more than 70 are zoomorphic designs oh. including a hummingbird and the spider the fish the condor etc others take shapes like trees and flowers and scholars differ in interpreting the purpose of the designs but in general they ascribe religious significance to them but still why if you can't see them from the earth what then why? Exactly. It's like they always fall back on, oh, it's for religious purposes, the pyramids and now the Nazca lines. Seems like if they don't know, they always fall back on religion. And again, what was it about it that made them think there has to be some type of scenario? Again, think in modern terms. There has to be a scenario when you're inventing something or making something that makes you think, okay, this is going to be seen from here or this is going to relate to this. Yeah. They had to relate it to something. So what are they relating something that you could only see from the sky when they couldn't get it up into the sky? They, they, I mean, as far as we know, they didn't invent flight. So right. <laughs> who are they showing this to? I don't know. It's so weird. It and we need to think about it, you know? Yes. Now, you started to tell us last week about the mysterious ancient Japanese pyramid. So WTF. So this is really odd. And, and we'll close out with this one here today. The final piece of our Ancient Alien series, part two, because we got something fun. Well, I mean, it's all fun, but something pretty interesting coming up next week, too, that we'll get to in a minute. But Japanese pyramids? So pyramids before the ancient Egyptians, these were being built in Japan? I'm going to blow you out of the water on this one, but go ahead. So you're talking about pyramids that were, what, what 10,000 years ago, well before ancient Egypt. I mean, like 5,000 years before ancient Egypt, where they're talking about remains that were found underwater in Japan. Submerged stone structures lying below the waters off of Yanagumijima. Good. And you're talking about these structures that are resembling pyramids. It's the ruins of the Japanese Atlantis. Yes, which is what they refer to it as. And this has been found. So that's why I think Atlantis is real as well, because... The Japanese Atlantis is real, then why not the other Atlantis? They said it, it sunk by an earthquake 2,000 years ago. A little less than 10,000 years. But, I mean, I've heard different reports, too, of like 10,000 years. And a marine geologist from the University of Japan dove the side, and he's convinced that it is the lost city of the Japanese Atlantis. But what I'm going to tell you is that um, these underwater pyramids are probably the same thing that's happening with the Hawaiian Islands. Meaning? The plate tectonics are moving the island slowly, like I think it's an inch a year north. Mm. The Pacific Ocean is the rim of fire. And so there are these magma spewing holes that come up. And right now there's one south of the big island creating another island called Loliha. I've heard of that, actually, that there's yeah. a new island being created. And I'd like to sell you some land on there. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so the magma spewing hotspot is what's creating it. So these hotspots stay in one place, but the tectonics move the plates, creating... I mean, these, the islands of Hawaii are actually huge mountains. True. Yeah. They're like the biggest, they're even bigger than Mount Everest. And you live there. They're mostly there. covered. Yeah, they're, I lived there five years. Right. Went to school there. But they're mostly covered with water. So I'm thinking these pyramids are actually mountains that were over hot spots that have, you know, gone under the ocean because they've moved north. Interesting. It's a theory. I mean, you know, they, they talk about them being more stone structures and looking like pyramids. Well, they're and saying it, they have hard angles, but. Yeah. You and know. if that's the case, then why? Why pyramids both times? You know what I mean? What is it about the pyramid shape 
that yes that makes the Japanese a few thousand years before the Egyptians do it build their own pyramids if that's the case if these are actually pure Japanese pyramids submerged underwater which a lot of people say they are but it's you know it's disputed just like anything else we talk about here what is it about the pyramid shape that made ancient civilizations say this is what we've got to build who was telling them that? Why was it that? Why was it that one that had to be built? Because, Karen, you even look at different places in South America. Yes, I know we talked about like you know Puma Punku last week and things like that. But you look at the Mayan civilizations; they were pyramids, Aztec, same thing, right? So what Incas. is Incas, Incans? What is it? And these are different civilizations on different parts of the world, far separated from each other, with no way of communicating that we know of. And they're all building pyramids on ley lines. Exactly. <laughs> So I just someone's communicating with someone. I, it's very confusing and it's intriguing. It is intriguing, which is why we do the show. You have to ask questions. I mean, you do at least ask questions. We're not asking you. And this was the thing that we said from the very beginning of the show. And by the way, if you ever want to listen to any of the previous shows, if this is your first experience with UAP, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, then you can always go back. All the shows are on 850WFTL.com, Apple, Spotify. We're all over the place. Wherever you download podcasts, you can you can find this podcast. You know, subscribe and all that good stuff, and rate us if you like it. Um, but the one of the first things we said, Karen, when we started this podcast, was we're not here to say. You need to believe in aliens because we no. think they're real. We, the, the main point of this show was to always present you with what is out there and you let can you refute make up your it, mind. Yeah, refute it, figure it out for yourself, start looking up more information. And if you find information, let us know. Yeah. You know, contact us. Yeah, you could always do that as well. How do they contact us? Oh, through the uh, Akashic record. <laughs> <laughs> through the ley lines. Oh, there is actually a real quick thing. I mean, you could always write a comment things on the podcast and we'll, we'll see that. Um, but there is actually something interesting, too. I'll say this before I go because we talk about ley lines in Oregon. There's this actually a tourist attraction in Oregon. And I, and I forget the city for the life of me. I can't remember the name of the city. But there's like this park in the woods where it's a ley line hotspot. Really? And all of these they different- They all cross. They all cross. And there's a center point in the in these woods in Oregon where you know a lot of tourists come to check it out. And it's so magnetic that there's all these different weird things that happen. So if you put a compass there, it goes crazy, obviously. If you stand on this plank of wood that they have set up, if you, you put, let's say I'm standing there and you stand to my right, you're going to be taller <gasps> than you are when you're standing on my left. Oh, my God. It's, I mean, strange stuff. They actually have this house that someone built, and everything is sideways. Have you ever seen the Wonderworks building in Orlando? It's kind of like that, where you're actually facing down. So, like, you're standing at, a, like, a decline, but you're not falling. Ha. And you can lay back, and there's so much magnetism that you will not fall. Like, you actually get pushed back up by the magnetism. I mean, you can look it up. This is real. It's a spot in Oregon where all these ley lines cross. It's called the Oregon Vortex, Stephen. It's apparently located in Sardine Creek in Gold Hill, Oregon. It consists of a number of interesting effects, which are Gravity Hill optical illusions. The Oregon site also exhibits phenomena similar to those perceived by visitors at the mystery spot located outside of St. Ignace in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Odd angles create an illusion of objects seemingly rolling uphill. In fact, the Oregon Vortex was featured in the 1999 episode of The X-Files. 
and also strange about that is there's no animals around it. No. They all Animals are smart. You yes. notice when there's a storm, they like go hide and fly away and whatever. They know what's going on. They, I mean, there's been different stories of animals knowing when an earthquake is going to happen. Yes, yes. Especially birds. There's no animals around this area or in, in Oregon. I was going to say, it's a great place to take a honeymoon. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> For different reasons. Book it. Oh, my goodness. Good news. <laughs> well, what are we doing next week? Next week... Yes, we have ended our two-part series, but this was fun. A lot of good stuff, a lot yeah. of good information. Again, make up your own minds. We just give you the info. We just make up our own stuff. That's Yeah, yeah right, just exactly. Just kidding. But next week, we're going to go back to modern day. You would not believe how many pilots, air traffic controllers, people on airplanes from the past 60, 70 years, these stories of pilots and air traffic controllers who have seen things on radar and seeing things while they're flying, and they were sworn to secrecy, and the people who broke that secrecy lost their jobs. <laughs> really? This is... Well, now, I mean, as of the last year, the government's come out and said, basically, aliens are real and UFOs are real, or that's, UAPs. That's right. So now I wonder how those people feel who lost their jobs. Right. But there's one in particular that we'll get to next week from O'Hare Airport in Chicago, which is one of the busiest airports in the country and in the world, quite frankly, that was a mass sighting <gasps> at O'Hare. Caught on air traffic control, recordings and everything. There you go. So this is pretty yeah, wild. Yeah, my, my, my daughter's father, my ex-husband, mm-hmm. his dad flew for Pan Am. That tells you how long ago that was. Oh, wow. Out of Miami to Europe. And he says he saw a spaceship when he was leaving MIA out over the ocean, came up beside him, you know, Unreal. and then took off really quick. But they couldn't talk about it. Exactly. All these guys sworn to There's so many stories yeah. in that, and all of them sworn to secrecy, too. So check out that subject in UAP, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, Episode 11, coming up next time. And don't forget to download, subscribe, rate us, find all the past shows, like we said, Apple, Spotify, 850WFTL.com. And look at the UAP blog while you're on 850's yeah, website. Yeah, put all well. the pictures and videos and everything up there. Very cool. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Karen. And thank you all for joining us and listening. Looking forward to next week as well. And hope you are too. Talk to you then.